on Saturday, our Gators beat Vanderbilt 42 to 0. Today, we'll go through the full game review, good, bad, and ugly, and what we learned from the game, all that on today's episode of Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of WholeNonSports.com where you can find all of my written work. Getting right into the review, we're going to look at the offense first like we always do. For the most part, the offense, you know, they did their job. Uh, they moved the ball pretty consistently, you know, a couple, couple turnovers here and there, a uh, couple punts is what it is. You're not going to score every single time. Uh, Malik Davis, one of the running backs for our trio, really uh, didn't dress. So the running back duo this week is Damian Pierce and Naquan Wright. And I loved what they did. Um, I will say I did have a bit of an issue with the lack of handing it off to them, uh, particularly Damian Pierce. You know, he's been so consistent and so good for this whole season, but he's pretty much getting the goal line carries, uh, not exclusively, but primarily, which is it's fine for him because he's still scoring touchdowns, but he's got pretty good vision from just watching the games he's got he's got pretty good vision he he makes things he makes things happen uh specifically after contact whether it's breaking tackles or just shedding arm tackles whatever it may be he makes things happen with the ball in his hands but this week particularly they were more involved in the passing game than we had seen through really the entirety of the season uh i believe damian pierce on saturday had more receiving yards in that singular game than he had over the rest of the season combined. Uh, so that was fantastic to see, you know, getting them, getting them targets uh, in the intermediate deep area was fantastic. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, but 127 receiving yards between just Naquan Wright and Damian Pierce. And they were incredibly mm, productive. I'll say, I don't want to say productive because like touch wise, they weren't, but they were incredibly efficient when they touched the ball. They made plays. Emory Jones had a career day in passing yards at touchdowns, and but he, he wasn't without flaw, uh, which, again, we'll get to. But for the most part, the huge majority of the game, really, Emory cooked. Uh, simple as that, where he was more consistent than we'd seen. Uh, he was taking what was there. He was he took a couple not deep shots, but you know he, he threw the ball deep downfield a couple of times or deep-ish downfield a couple of times. Defensively, um, our defense was constantly in the and I mean constantly in the backfield, uh, just living there. Ken Seals, by the t- by halftime, his jersey was just different colors. The quarterback for Vanderbilt, his jersey was different colors. He was getting hit incessantly, and if he wasn't getting hit, there was still pressure getting in his face incessantly. Uh, specifically, the trio of Antonio Valentino. Uh, Zach Carter and Javon Dexter all had big games. Antonio Valentino had five pressures, and that is something that you don't see often from defensive tackles or defensive linemen, really. But Antonio Valentino was just on fire 
when he was on the field. Uh, Trey Dean the third and Daquan Newkirk <laughs> both had interceptions. Uh, that's why it's funny to me because Daquan Newkirk had an interception. He's a defensive tackle. And if you haven't seen the picture of him uh, after he gets the pick, his face is pretty funny. He posted it on Twitter. Uh, you can you just find him there and see it. And it's just, it's very meme worthy. I'll say, uh, but Florida's defense uh, were generally pretty dominant. However, as good as they were, they really struggled with getting off the field. Like that, that was a huge issue for them. Uh, Vanderbilt had the most plays that Florida had seen in, from a, a single opponent uh, this entire season, which is not something that you know that, that we're used to seeing happen because Florida's been pretty dominant defensively for the huge majority of the season, aside from big plays here and there, which, uh, you know, those are going to happen. Didn't really happen against Florida, so that's great. But Vanderbilt was on the field for 80 offensive snaps, which previously to that, the most of Florida's defense had been on the field is 71 snaps. And I get that, again, we've we've spoken about this before. We spoke about this with uh, the Tennessee game where it's like, oh, that's not that big a difference. It's like a, a few plays makes a big difference, especially if you're looking at the, uh, the time of possession battle because Vanderbilt wasn't going up-tempo very often. So they were kind of taken off 20, 30 seconds in between plays and really killing the time of possession, which is smart because that's what you should do when you are the huge underdog. Um, I'm not saying that they're trying to cover the spread, but but giving the opposing team the ball less is obviously better for your offense and your defense. So Vanderbilt did a great job. Um, just couldn't finish special teams. They missed, I think it was three kicks. So defense, as good as they were, couldn't get off the field, and that was worrisome, whether it was penalties or just big plays or whatever it may be. Uh, it, that was a bit worrisome to not be able to get off the field against Vanderbilt. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about prize picks? If you haven't, listen to the show more. It's pretty rude of you. I'm just going to let you know that right now. That's, that's pretty disgusting that you wouldn't. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of, NFL, college football, NBA, uh, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anywhere else. And if you don't know, college football props already are very, very hard to find. So this is one of your few chances to even do so, whether you're talking about primetime, power five players, or mid-major small school guys. This is where you want to go. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, so you can bet LeBron turnovers and Spencer Rattler benchings in a game if you want. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Now we're going to get into the good, bad, and ugly. The good Rashad mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Torrance the second that man had himself a day I'm gonna get more into it in the third segment but he was a beast all over the field even the commentators were like man this Rashad Torrance kid is everywhere yeah he was dogging Vanderbilt and I don't care if people want to be like it was Vanderbilt I, I don't give a damn if you ball out you ball out that was one hell of a game from Rashad Torrance II. He cooked, killed, conquered, whatever you want to say. He had himself a damn day. 
the running back involvement in the passing game is another good that we have here. And I, I generally mean how they're being used because, you know, uh, a very overlooked or underappreciated, whichever one you want to use, uh, part of football is running backs and pass protect. Damian Pierce, one of the best pass protecting running backs in college football. Naquan Wright and Malik Davis are better receivers, but the running back involvement in the passing game with Naquan Wright and Damian Pierce getting the ball deep over the middle when Vanderbilt just did not respect them. Mwah, beautiful. It, it was fantastic. And I get it. The defense didn't respect them. They were uncovered for the most part. I don't care. They, it was fantastic involvement, fantastic usage, fantastic play design scheme, whatever you want to say. It was damn good to watch happen. And the passing game in general is a third good, which you guys know, usually it's too good, too bad, too ugly. This time, we got three good because the passing game in general was pretty good. Uh, ten and a half yards per attempt, four touchdowns career for Emory Jones. Uh, I'm not going to get into Anthony Richardson. Uh, it just it wasn't super noteworthy. He was in for the most of the fourth quarter, but again, that was like kill the clock time, so it didn't really matter. He wasn't super involved in the game plan. Threw a pick. It was ugly, but Emory Jones threw an even uglier pick, if you're going to ask me, which we will get to in the ugly section. But bad uh, – Offensive line play. And I know that this offensive line has been praised by myself included a lot this year. Uh, they've done their thing, specifically pass blocking. I know run blocking, like our rushing attacks have been so phenomenal. I've gone over this. The run the run blocking hasn't been great. The runners have been making exceptional plays. But the offensive line today, or <laughs> Saturday, was not great. Uh, whether it was penalties, poor protection in the passing game, you know, nine pressures allowed, uh, against Florida's quarterbacks, which is very, very rough to have here, uh, especially when, you know, I, I feel like given the expectations, our offensive line played better against, like, Bama, um, who, by the way, hold your L. I'm just going to point that one out. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the offensive line play was inconsistent. Uh, again, penalties, poor protection in the passing game, uh, failure to open up running lanes, which, again, Hasn't been their strong suit to this point, but it was it was pretty piss poor on Saturday. Uh, and defensively, my word, wrap someone up. It is not as difficult as Florida makes it seem. 17 missed tackles against Vanderbilt, according to Pro Football Focus, which I generally trust their missed tackle numbers. And if you watch the game, you can also trust their numbers. Uh, but 17 missed tackles was atrocious it's it's terrible football it's not clean it's very dirty very ugly very just just poor football in general and looking at the ugly florida still struggled with penalties totaling eight penalties for 80 yards including a trevez johnson targeting call which obviously kicked him out of the game but it was just one of those things where whether it was holding on a big run play, whether it was holding on a big pass play, whether it was, you know, roughing the pass. We had targeting by Travis Johnson. And then the next play, Vanderbilt came out with it. Or I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mixed up the order. We had a late hit by Diabati on the sideline. And then the next play, Vanderbilt came for a trick play and Travis Johnson then got ejected for targeting because he, it was one of the uh, most boneheaded moves that I've seen. Travis Johnson like jumped and leaned his head into 
the passer or I mean the receiver that was doing the passing because it was a double pass, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he he jumped and then still leaned his head directly into the guy. It, it made no sense whatsoever. Uh, again, yeah, one of just the boneheaded plays, and that's what I mean. Uh, when I say that Florida's play plays undisciplined football, I mean penalties, boneheaded plays like that, mental lapses in coverage, which didn't really happen against Vanderbilt. So, yay! Um, but you know things like that, and then the other bad was the interceptions. I mentioned it, where Amory Jones and Anthony Richardson both threw pretty ugly interceptions. Uh, Anthony Richardson was kind of into double coverage. Emory Jones was a single coverage. Uh, but a very, very blanketed receiver where I'm glad that the corner covering the receiver didn't pick it, uh, but they got a hand on it, ball went up, defense picked it diving, which is a great play made by the defensive back. But yeah, I mean, it, it was both plays, both interceptions were plays where you watch them and you're like, yeah, like that, that, that should be picked if you're going to make that poor decision because neither of those balls should have been thrown when they were. Uh, I get trying to make things happen, but that's one of the things where it's like you're you're forcing it, and forcing it is not how you win games. It's not how you win championships or keep your starting job or keep getting snaps if you are a backup that rotates in. Um, yeah, no, forcing things is not how to do it. Let what let what the defense is giving you take advantage of that. Just just take that, and especially when you have playmakers such as like like Jacob Copeland and Damian Pierce and Naquan Wright and Trent Whittemore and Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter and Jaquavian Frazier's. You have so many guys, Kimori Gamble, Keon Zipperer, so many guys that can make the play. Just take what the defense is giving you and just get it to those guys. But uh, yeah, forcing things, especially into coverage, is um less than ideal, but definitely also incredibly terrible and stupid at the same time. So that, that's really got to get cleaned up. We should not have had two turnovers against Vanderbilt. No, that's that's completely unacceptable. I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and I'm constantly snacking during games, like in incessantly eating snacks while watching these games just because I'm, I'm there all day. I'm, I'm eating and drinking a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Uh, but Bilt Bar is the best protein bar on the market. That's what I've turned to snacking to instead of these sugary and salty snacks. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like we all know I do, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order that is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now to wrap it up, we're going to take a look at what we learned from the game. Uh... Both of these things are things that I've already mentioned, but they're both things that I wanted to elaborate on a little bit um, because I, I was very, very pleased with how these two areas were areas of success for us. Um, first off, Florida running backs need to be more involved in the passing game. Uh, I get Malik Davis was there. He's a contributor, but whatever. Naquan Wright, Damian Pierce, both had big games in the, both had big gains in the passing game, um, exposing a Vanderbilt defense that just didn't respect them. I mentioned this, both plays were kind of just over the middle where they were uncovered, which is like, I get people be like, Oh, who cares if they made plays? They were uncovered. Then get the ball to them. Like if they're uncovered, then keep attacking that spot until a defense shows that they're going to respect it. That's a big part. Uh, we have a, or we have really receivers, that block better than most college tight ends, which again, 
college tight ends for the most part, not great. Uh, we, we know this by how long they take to adapt to the NFL. Just watching their production is not great. Their run, their contributions in the run game is not great, but there are explosive plays to be had with our running backs, with the ball, with our receivers blocking, because we are one of the best wide receiver screen teams because our receivers are such capable blockers. That's been a thing in Florida where our receivers are such good blockers. So Florida is one of the best wide receiver screen teams. That's without a doubt. If you want to see how good our receivers are blocking, watch, I believe it was Trent Whitmore on, uh, I believe it was Naquan Wright's big game where Trent Whitmore was just blocking this dude down and down and down. And then there was another play with Jacob Copeland, his screen where I think he lost one yard on the wide receiver screen. Um, but we, we, we had it. Trent Woodward was blocking his corner for like four seconds. It, it, it was so insane. So we have good blocking receivers that should be utilized more as blockers. And our running backs, they can create plays out of nothing as runners. Imagine getting the ball in even more space and just letting them make men miss, run through people. Our running backs should be more involved in the passing attack, not just to protect quarterback because that obviously gives you more conservative throws and, uh, more efficient throws, I guess, but you know, it's a valuable part to the passing or it could be a valuable part to the passing game and an effective part to the passing game. Uh, we have some of the best safeties in college football is my next thing I wanted to talk about, because that's what we learned where that was something that generally I had been talking about previously to the season. Uh, I have openly mentioned that to start the year, I was not super happy with Trey Dean's play. Um, but Trey Dean, the third and Rashad Torrance, the second, both had huge games on Saturday. Uh, Rashad was of course a menace to Vanderbilt. He had 15 tackles, one, five, like, you know, like locked 15, he had a one, five, 15 tackles, 1.5 tackles for a loss and four total stops, which again, total stops are tackles with a gain of three or less. Uh, he was also only targeted one time in coverage and he had a pass breakup on that target. So Rashad Torrance was playing out of his freaking mind. Like he was a man possessed. He was a dog on Saturday. He was an absolute freak. And then looking at Trey Dean, less tackles, less plays in the run game, but still a fantastic playmaker. Uh, he was on fire. He had two pass breakups. He had an interception. Uh, seven tackles, and like I just mentioned that uh, Rashad Torrance had a stop. Trey Dean had a stop for a gain of three or less. And I'm just watching how that game unfolded and watching as the game progressed. Like Rashad Torrance, I feel like the first half he had most of his tackles. But again, second half, you know, we killed them on defense and then our backups came in. Uh, so... Yeah, but just Rashad Torrance had a freaky game. Trey Dean had a fantastic game. I would expect both of these guys to get even more responsibility thrown on them with the upcoming stretch of touch ma tough matchups with LSU and Georgia in our next two games over the next three weeks because we have a buy in between them. But I would expect Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean to have a lot of responsibility in both of those games. And honestly, I, like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm very happy with the majority of our secondary and how they've been performing. So I'm totally cool with both of them, especially we almost lost trading because trading uh, got called for a targeting, but then they reversed it when realized that, you know, targeting is usually hitting with your head. Someone else had his shoulder hit. So that's a big difference, but 
I would expect a huge, huge, huge responsibility thrust upon them uh, versus LSU and Georgia specifically, uh, especially working against that Georgia run game. And Georgia likes to work up the seams when they can. We don't know who's going to be the QB, though, so that's going to be really fun for Georgia. We know who our QBs are going to be. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen every day. I'll see you tomorrow for Tape Tuesday. Still trying to schedule that interview I was talking about with a current Florida Gator player. I'll tell you that. Uh, but of course, scheduling isn't easy. They're busy. I'm busy. Got to line everything up. Now make your second listen. Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And you can find all of my written work with the whole nine sports. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. Be sure to check out my pin tweet. Let Lockdown know why Florida has the best fan base in all of college football. And I will see you tomorrow.